Hello, internets, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast. I'm Kenna Klosterman, your host. Oh, no, wait. I'm not your host for this one. I'm your guest. (laughs) Handing it over to Jose and Stevie. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Bocafire.com. Bocafire is a better way to rent professional DSLR lenses. With 30-day rentals, unlimited swapping, free shipping, and free insurance coverage, Bocafire is the best deal around. Use any Pro, Canon, or Nikon lens for your DSLR camera with no return dates and no stress. Keep it as long as you want. When you're done, send the lens back using the prepaid shipping label and swap it for your next one. Offering all the most popular Canon and Nikon lenses, including primes, zooms, telephotos, and a lot more. Use the coupon code ANGRY15 to get 15% off any Bocafire membership. Valid now through July 2016, only at Bocafire.com. Hey guys, Jose here. All right, we're about to start part two of our great two-part episode with Creative Lives, Kenna Klosterman. So we kind of left the last episode in a bit of a cliffhanger, so... That was that was not intended. So I would say apologies, but hey, it kept you guys on the edge of your seats, as I'm sure it did for for as for us. Um, so we're gonna get right into it uh, and let us know what you guys think. Here is the second part of the two part episode with Kenna Klosterman. Enjoy. All right. So um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's really. It's sad to say, like you said, Kenna, that that when people when people may be putting out a certain personality or aura out to the world, like say Robin Williams, you know, anyone who met him was like he was the every bit of the lovable jokester and and everything else. And then you don't realize he he suffered from so many demons that for so long that eventually took his own life and. And, you know, you sit there and say, like, we should really be talking about it more. Um, And, you know, like you had mentioned, if you see someone who's always negative, you know, and saying, woe is me and my life sucks and all that kind of stuff. It's it's also another edge of the sword where you sit there and say, well, you feel bad for saying that happy person can't be depressed. Then you feel bad too for saying that the super negative person is just being super negative right. and that it's not yeah. that bad, you know? Um, right. They just need to change their outlook. And But those are two very different instances where you're basically playing down someone's someone's depression. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think the silent depression is, um, I mean, that's certainly, that's certainly, or my depression style. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about your style. <laughs> Um, but it's, um, yeah, no, I think so many creatives, like you said, struggle. And I think, um, it, for me, it's like that perfectionism as well. You know, I think a lot of, um, people going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's all, 
the pressure that I'm putting on myself Mm -hmm. on expectations that I think other people have of me, which is ridiculous because first of all, like nobody's thinking about me as much as like, you know, like you would, (laughs) (laughs) you would think in your head when you're thinking about all these things that, Oh, this person must be looking down on me because of this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, no, they're thinking about their own shit. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Everyone's fighting their own battles. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but I think, you know, it's, it is such a, it is a journey and I, um, you know, something else that, that a lot of people also don't, you know, don't talk about is sort of the physical manifestations of depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and how it can be so all consuming and paralyzing, um, that it, it comes to fruition in other illnesses and other diseases. Um, And I think that um, that is something I'm, you know, I haven't really, I I talked to a number of people about like one-on-one, but I kind of have this like secret mission to um, sort of build awareness of chronic, chronic pain um, that, that you can heal yourself. I'm just going to put that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally, totally taking a, a left turn. Um, but well, and it's, that, that actually is a good segue. Um, if I can, uh, you know, so I know you mentioned, you mentioned that, you know, you mentioned that, that you've, you've, you've dealt with those sort of things and let's say they fall under the, uh, self health kind of thing, uh, overall, overall wellness, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, we sat with Chase, we actually talked a lot about meditation and, you know, how it's helped his, his athletic career and also his professional career now. Um, you know, have you found anything in that spectrum to help with you? And, and, and nowadays it's, it's much different issues. You know, you're not crying about a PowerPoint in a, in a cubicle, but That's right. you're, you're traveling all the time and work is very taxing. Um, you know, do you find that you've done anything like that to help with, let's just say the, the mental strain that, that something like that goes with? Absolutely. Um, and I think it, it, um, it's a, it's a daily practice on all of these things are daily practice, but it took a very long time, um, you know, to, to realize that self-care is the secret. Yeah. Self-care is the secret. Ooh, and two times. <laughs> I know because I feel so strongly about it. Um, right. because, a lot of us just go, 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 go. And you can't truly give until you've, you know, you've, you've given yourself what you need. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to think that that was really selfish. Right. Self-care. Right. Being, you know, selfish. But, <laughs> uh, but it's, you have to. And it, yeah. it, and it took me. So, so yes, I mean, I found, um, I found meditation. I found, um, that my life started to change dramatically when I started to, you know, I didn't think I could ever meditate, you know, cause mm-hmm. you have these like preconceived notions of what that even means. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, like, like Chase talked about, you know, he found his certain way and kind that works for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, practice something called awareness meditation insight meditation 
And um, I don't practice as often as, you know, I go through phases. Right. right now, I'm actually using something called Headspace, which is an mm. app, and it's brilliant. You mm. can do the first, like, 10 days for free. Um, Interesting. It's called Take Take 10, and it's 10 minutes a day. You can give yourself 10 minutes a day. I do yeah. it when I wake up just in the morning. I did it this morning because I was, like, a little bit nervous to be interviewed. <laughs> and <laughs> and so um, it it... It's still hard for me to actually give myself that 10 minutes. Right. Um, but it is incredible what when you do these things on a regular basis. I mean, awareness meditation is kind of like active meditation where you're um, you're sort of practicing these things not just in those 10 minutes, um, but really throughout your day. And whether it's like brushing your teeth and just being focusing on being totally present. Mm-hmm. And um, those are kind of some of the it, it's having like this little toolbox of self-care and, you know, eating is a big part of that. Not that I'm you know, on any particular special eating habit, but, you mm-hmm. know, I know that um, that what you everything that you put in your body, whether it's food yeah. or thinking or, you know, the the. You know, Things that you are allow yourself to spend your time doing, like mm-hmm. that, is health. And right. yeah. yeah, we have only we can make those choices. Mm-hmm. And um, and just like everything else, like you have to do the work. Um, but yeah. um, awareness um, for me, it's a lot of this. You know, trying to let I'm trying to let go uh, of a lot of you know. That's kind of where the anxiety. Um, and depression things come about, and and so all the different things I I live by the water, um, I walk, I you know have I I am that person that has to like go and re regenerate on my own. Right. Um, and yeah. um, another like pro tip is <laughs> Epsom in the self care world, uh, Epsom salt baths epsom salt baths so you mean they're not just for people in miami to abuse and then chew someone's face off huh you never heard that <laughs> ba- bath salts people no. started really you never heard oh my god no. all right well don't Geyser. yeah i'm gonna go google can, that now yeah google it um <laughs> apparently people started finding a way to abuse them uh, and get high off bath salts and this one dude went so crazy he literally assaulted a man and ate his face on a bridge in Miami and people started, yeah. people started that thinking that the zombie apocalypse. Though. Yeah, it was like two years ago or something. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, no. I'll just live in my own little Epsom <laughs> salt bath. So, so about that, um, it was funny. When Chase said it, the way he, the way, and I'm, I'm sure he gets it all the time when he talks about meditation, is the way he prompted it to me was so simple. It was laughable. And I said, you know, I, I always thought about meditation, never did it. Same thing like you said, it intrigued me. I never took the time. And he goes, he goes, dude, I'm very much of the philosophy that you put on your own oxygen mask first before you help other people. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, that's right. oh, that's my right. God. Because you think about it, like, and I have these conversations with, like, you know, my girlfriend Jess and we, especially with, like, regards to, like, the kids and stuff. And I tell her, like, if you're, if you're working she works we both work from home so if you're working from home and you're dealing with the kids and you're making food and you're dealing with you know work it's a lot and i tell her all the time like let me help you 
And if it means like I'll watch the kids and you go get your nails done or you just go to a movie or you go do something for yourself because very much so she runs this house. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> if you are That's very true. Yeah. If you're completely <laughs> ragged. Go Jess. Go Jess. Yeah, yeah. If you're completely ragged and have a mental break, you're, you're not a help to anybody. That's right. You know what I mean? Um, so like you said, yeah, it's very important to – to be selfish every once in a while because that will allow you to then give more to other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Know? You know, you just, I just got this flashback actually of when I told um, the head of marketing at Getty Images that I was leaving and that it was um, at least taking this um, medical leave of absence and that it was because of my depression and anxiety and all of that. And he said to me, like, you are more valuable to this company when you're healthy like you're yeah. you know and you know and he then shared um his experience oh, wow. uh, with you know with similar um with depression and what have you but it was like just hearing that in the corporate world was mm-hmm. so powerful to me yeah. um and i was so grateful for him saying that like you are more valuable to us when you're healthy not when you're not healthy um and 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 then you know it being okay to prioritize my own health Mm -hmm. Um, but it's hard it's really hard i i you know like i said combined with the um sort of mental um aspects of illness i that manifested as chronic back pain Mm. and um and so you combine you know the physical aspect uh, and yeah, it's a it's a struggle. Yeah, it, like you said, when you you just said it, when you combine the mental with the physical, mm-hmm. it's easy to see how it can be very paralyzing and overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, and it's, you know, it's yeah, it's like you said, it's, just, it's completely debilitating. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I when I stopped playing music and I I quit the band, I was terrified. I was like, shit, I thought I was going to do that for a long time. I was like, what am I going to do now? I, I worked my ass off hours and hours a day to do that. I toured for all these years. Am I going to get a real job now? And that started to really build up and I started to get really bad depression. And like after a while, I got some, you know, crap job, cubicle stuff. One job I remember, I was literally inside a mountain doing like um, file, like medical files. Wait, I'm that sorry. Did, did you say inside a mountain? Mountain? Yeah. Like yeah, a, like a mountain. It's, yeah, it was weird. Uh, what? Where? It's weird. So it's you called, were a, you were a miner. It was you, like part of were. the part of the facility was like built in like a mountainous like it was it was weird. So basically, was it cold? He worked for the CIA. Yeah, is what no, it was it was it was like typing medical records, but it was depressing. And it I kept depressing just hearing about it. it oh, it is. I'll I'll show you one day. <laughs> I do not want to go to this mountain, please. No, but, uh, no. So I, I was there. I was like going crazy, like everything. And it started to really like manifest physically. And then I just, I left for lunch, lunch one day, never went back. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I applied to this other job. That was, you know, the whole time I was just terrified in my, that dark place we all get to. And I got it like a month or two later. That's the job, um, Jose, you know, that was the marketing for um, Video Audio Supply House. But I was, 
I was losing it. I was terrified I wasn't going to keep the job because the, I think it was the second week there. It was so bad. I blacked out on my boss's lap. Oh, like, wow. sorry. Why were you sitting in his lap? Because I was, I had a, <laughs> no, I had a panic attack and I had to go outside and he came out to see if I was all right. And he sat next to me and I just, I blacked out. Wow. It was, that's, that's it was a true awful. panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah, so just to go back on that, you know, being healthy, That's that was a big kick in the ass. Like, oh, my God. What, yeah, something's you know? got to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Kenneth, speaking of which, I don't know if you knew, if you listened to the, do you know who uh, Michael Paul Smith is? Michael Paul <laughs> Smith. Michael Smith, photographer? Yes. The guy who does the Elgin Park series. He's a model maker. No, I don't know. Okay, so you definitely have to check out his work. You, you'll really appreciate it. So... He was kind of a similar story. He had success in the corporate world, uh, worked for a bunch of ad agencies, and you know, one day he had a heart attack yeah. during a meeting wow. at, a, at a conference room table. And he knew at that point, he said, uh, he's very, like literally what he calls himself is a new age woo-woo. He goes, I know it sounds very new age woo-woo, but then I realized I had to do something <laughs> different. And he quit that job. And and it was, it, like you said, it, it's scary to say when you're in your 20s, you know what, screw it, I'm quitting. But it's even scary to say you're in your 30s or 40s and you're taking that same risk. But in the end, if it's, um, you know, if it's for the greater purpose of, of making sure you're healthy and you're you're not going crazy, I mean, it's, it's, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I know for the last six years, you've been at Creative Live and you've been, for all intents and purposes, very happy career-wise. This is the longest, if I'm correct, you've been at any one company throughout your career, right? That is, is oh correct. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. I started thinking. No. Started yeah, no. I'm just thinking about the, <laughs> the company that I worked for, uh, the startup in between working for the photographers and going back to business school. Right. That was about six years. So. Oh, okay. Um, so we're getting there. Yeah. But. But yeah, no, absolutely. Um, in terms of like a post MBA, absolutely. Right. Uh, it was one year, one and a half years, one uh, one year and six months. So yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So so it's safe <laughs> to long say haul. you've you've found a happy place, right, yeah. in your career where you go to work every day and you are inspired and you do feel like you're making a difference. So tell me, what's and if there is any, what's the biggest risk you've taken? In just the last five years. So since being at Creative Live, because before that, there's tons that you told us about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny because, I mean, going full time at Creative Live, I think, which mm -hmm. has now been four years, um, was a risk because I had been like volunteering at Creative Live and then started to work part time at Creative Live. But I was also building this portrait business and it, it then I had to make a decision. They wanted me to come on full time and I decided I couldn't try to do both and had this amazing conversation uh, with Craig Swanson, who's co-founder of Creative Live and a mentor um, who, who basically, you know, told me I was living in the land of yes, no, maybe, and I need, needed to get out of maybe um, and that I would, you know, wake up a few weeks later and, and either be like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> um, there we go. In Let terms it fly. of yeah, in terms of 
either, you know, not taking the job at Creative Live or taking it. And mm. and that one way or the other, I would have at least made a decision. And because for me, going to work for Creative Live in the beginning, I thought I failed. Well, I felt that I had failed in building a photography business. Um, mm. That was a failure yeah. and that I was yeah. going back to work for somebody else to work for a company right. and you know, the fear that the same thing was going to happen where I just would leave would. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what I realized, you know, I woke up the next morning and had full relief, um, that I did not have to continue my photography business. Mm-hmm. That, that that actually wasn't what I wanted. I mean, I'd been spending way more time and effort volunteering for Creative Live for free than, you know, trying to build this business. Um, so, so sure, that, that was a big risk. Um, I think that, but I made, I mean, that was the best decision I could have made in my life. I think um, now, you know, some of my side projects, I don't, I don't know if they're, if it's, necessarily uh, a risk per se but I started leading these these photo tours um, and that's been incredibly exciting um, and and I guess I feel like maybe you know maybe that's a that's a risky proposition you know moving forward and thinking about you know trying to do more of those but mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking about trying to double up and have a side business while working right. here. And, yeah. um, and, but it's, um, it's really exciting to think about. Um, yeah. so I don't yeah. know. I feel like I haven't been, I mean, taking risks within the company itself for, for sure. Right. Um, you know, my role here has really developed over time. I mean, it didn't exist. Like we, <laughs> my friend Susan and I, we like created the role of, creative live host like it it, you know it didn't it didn't exist so um so i feel like i've taken risks within but um have definitely have some some risks on the horizon and i think that's so funny that people like you said the host is not the presenter so in, in in a sense you already are seen uh seen as someone who's lower than the talent let's just say right but i gotta be honest and maybe you can agree or not agree but to me a host is a huge deal you can i've seen some interviews where i'm sitting there going like who is this person and i want to listen to whoever it is speak and the way you they're they're kind of derailing a conversation or the questions they ask you sit there now granted maybe at that point they're having a producer in their ear, but I'm sitting there going like, this is horrible. And, and it's, (laughs) you know, people don't realize how important hosts are to, to the way the flow of things, the conversation, the topics that get explored, the topics that get kind of like, you know, nipped. Um, It's really important. You know what I mean? And, and people don't realize it. Like I think of, uh, I used to watch it all the time. I haven't watched it in a while, but inside the actor's studio, yeah. You, ever, you ever watch that? Good stuff. Absolutely. I, I love the way that guy oh. interviews people. And and if he sucked as a host, I mean, you wouldn't watch that. No. It, it would seem too hokey, you know? Oh, yeah. And Yeah, no, yeah. I thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. I think um, in, in terms of, I mean, I've... I had no idea what I was doing five years ago, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's it is... 
it's hard work. And I right. think that, I mean, you know, you're, you know, now um, creating this podcast and, and show host. And, and I think that people don't realize like all of the things that are going on at mm-hmm. one time mm-hmm. um, and, and all of those decisions that you're making in, in real time. But I feel like, like that's where I thrive and mm-hmm. that's why I'm here. And that's what I love about it is that, you know, these live events, it's like, it's a different challenge and experience every time. Right. And I have to just be totally present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, my job is such to be a guide for that educator and a guide for the people who are watching online and a guide for the people who are in the room. It is this like holding space. And yeah, I don't know, just recently like realizing that that is a skill, like you've just yeah. said, like, yeah. and that, um, that that in and of itself is um, it is so valuable. I just, right. I, I guess I know that in my heart, um, but it's interesting to, you know, wonder if other people no, come on. See you, that say, and you say that. you said it all the time. That's that's the biggest thing as creatives, or let's just say people in general. We we have a certain idea of what things are in our head, but sometimes it's complete one eighty from what everyone else sees. Like for instance, if you're downplaying what you do, and other people are saying, "Whoa, I think you're a fucking rock star and you're amazing," but then really not letting that get to your head, but making that help you build your own confidence because. Yeah, yes. we are always our own harshest critic. Yep, and and we're never gonna like what we do or or love entirely our work or our art or what we do. But if other people are getting out of it, hey, you're not doing too bad, y- you know. And uh, I think one thing really quickly that I think is why I like Creative Live more than just watching a YouTube video is because exactly, it cannot <laughs> is <on>. exactly <laughs> what you just said. The fact that you guys and and cr- you can tell me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, is there any other online creative thing that does what you guys do, but wait for it also incorporates a live audience that that not only is just someone like let's just think of like things we know live audiences with uh, talk shows, um, game shows, some uh, some what do you, I've, well what, television series right. But right. for the most part, they're just there for their reaction. You know, sometimes they're brought into it, like on, you know, the late tonight show with David Letterman was whatever else. But but in Creative Live, they're very much so a part of the way that show's gonna go. They ask questions, they they are in part of the presenters um presentation and, and, and how they help them. And you're actually watching almost like you're watching a classroom environment as a voyeur. And just picking up on that energy. Yep. But I think that's, that's huge. That, that's precisely it. And I don't know um, of other people, especially in our space, that are doing that same thing. That's That energy, that's the difference. Right. Um, that, and that's my job is to bring in the energy that is happening outside of the studio mm-hmm. in real time. Yeah. Um, and I'm like the window that I bring that out and into the room and, and try to do that and, and try to verbalize what's happening, mm-hmm. um, in the room for other people at home, but also, 
because the cameras aren't always catching everything that's going on and right. and the cameras don't necessarily see energy but the the people in the room represent everyone who's watching at home and they're critical mm-hmm. for that reason and people yeah. people can you know again like you put you put the instructor up on the pedestal probably or often but people can connect with the students in the room and and i believe when you when you make this connection with the education you know it's it's far more important than the skills themselves mm-hmm. and yeah. i think um coming back to i think where the magic is like is the ability for us to connect hundreds of thousands of people um it, in virtually with each other but also you know make it so you feel like you're there mm-hmm. um and and i hope that i hope that that you know comes across um yeah i i i mean stevie what do you think i, I think it does oh yeah absolutely i mean i've been watching creative life for a long time and you could definitely tell if there's a lower energy with you know um a teacher or whatever the host has to pick that up and Kenna, you're a rock star. <laughs> but no, you, it's I not mean, easy sometimes. <laughs> no, exactly. It's, extremely, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's not. really hard. I mean, so so speaking of that, who would you say is your biggest crush in the photo industry right now? So saying <laughs> saying like who's doing killer stuff that you like and respect? Ooh, yeah. Um you know, my my what I love in terms of my style of the type of photography that I love to do mm-hmm. um, is documentary photography is travel photography. And I have a couple of um, of people that I just love what they do. But and I would love to see on Creative Live. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But um, one is is Amy Vitali. Um, she is an amazing storyteller, visual storyteller um, who travels all over the world and um, connects with people in this incredible way um, and does just amazing documentary photography. Um, so definitely check her out if you don't know her work. Um, and then another uh, female photographer um, who I'm definitely photo crushing on is uh, Lindsay Adario, um, who I think has, has, has gotten a lot more well-known uh, because she just put out a book. Um, have you heard of it called uh, This Is Who I Am? I think that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a, a, a photographer, a war photographer, oh, a wow. photojournalist um, who has crazy, crazy, incredible stories. And that's awesome. I, I don't check it and, out. Yeah, check it out. There's an amazing um, interview with her, and, and um, I think it's on Fresh Air, um, NPR's Fresh Air. Mm-hmm. Listen to that. I listened to that and I ordered the book immediately and I read through it faster than I've read anything in a long time. I think even though I I don't want to be a war photographer, I respect and oh, admire. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then a female who has gone in mm-hmm. and um has just such powerful stories talk about taking risks. Um yeah. and um, I just I I'm blown away by by what those two women do. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you see, said it, yeah. you see, ahead, see photographers like that really makes you question the the work you do. Like, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, my stuff it's like commercial portraiture, but 
Can I, have you actually? I know I've asked you, Jose, but mm-hmm. have you seen that? I think it's I don't know a couple years old now. It's a mini series on HBO called Witness. No, I haven't. It's, it's all about photo uh, war, oh. like photojournalism. It's incredible. Okay. If, if you like documentary photography, it's Witness. You could find it somewhere, but I right. think it, I'm writing it down. Uh, yeah, it's like. Five or six different photographers in different situations. One guy was in uh, Libya. Um, one was Juarez. And going back to the the female side of it, mm-hmm. there is I, I can't remember her name, but she was um, a photojournalist, pregnant. Oh my in the, god! In the Congo, in like wow. the middle of nowhere, documenting. Um, I think it was for like the Coney stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. documenting a lot of that. Pregnant in the jungle, it's it it it'll blow your mind. It's, wow! After Thank I you saw for that, yeah, it's amazing. After I watched that, I really was like, "What? I need to sell all my lights, get my hammock, <laughs> <laughs> and, and go to some like remote areas and do something with more of a purpose." But it's like, so, it'll it's so it'll, true. Yeah. yeah, and that's. I mean, I I think. I think that's why I'm drawn to those two women's work is because mm-hmm. that is sort of my fantasy is not the being pregnant in the jungle part, but <laughs> being um, out there, you have to be to do that type of work. You, you do have to put yourself in a place where you are just present. Mm-hmm. And um, again, like being present is what keeps me sane. Um, and, and having those experiences is what I value and is sort of my um that that's where i spend my time and my money is is traveling to experience new cultures and connect with people yeah. all over the world and you know photography is just my is my way of doing that um well, so would you, what right. would you say is your favorite place for both people in photography well, if you know me right now it is <laughs> Cuba. Cuba. Cuba Cuba um i am just fell in love um, with the country uh, when I was first there almost two years ago. And um, I just got back from my third trip there and going back in April um, and of 2016 and um, hopefully a lot more. I just, the, the, first of all, it's like a photographer's paradise. Oh yeah. Um, Colors and Cuba, the people, the, the colors, the vibrance, the life, it's just alive and mm-hmm. and then it's so so different than anywhere i've been in the world because of its very unique story um as a culture and this is just the most unique and amazing time um that you know i happened to to start to get um interested and involved in going to the country and there's so mm-hmm. many stories that i want to explore and tell that i'm just I'm addicted and um, I, I, I look forward to going and doing more, you know, personal projects there in addition to leading um, people on, on photo tours there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's funny when I, when they lifted the embargo and you could actually go there, you know, and that's something that people always talked about. It's like, that's very photographic rich and, and the people there, uh, it's just, it is really, like you said, a photographer's paradise and, um, one that we all can finally enjoy. Um, well, there's still, it's not totally lifted. So there's, um, there's still, it'll still take some time 
um, you, you can go there now a lot, uh, a lot more easily if that's right. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, there's still there's still hurdles, a lot. hurdles to be done. Yeah, there, but there's still um, a lot that needs to that will need to happen. It's it's a really exciting time, I think, for the Cuban people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just I mean, I could talk as people who know me. I could talk about Cuba <laughs> days, and we've already been talking for a long time. But I right. um, I'm I'm so fascinated. I think that to see. And it's not from it's not about, oh, Americans can now go there. Um, it It's about Cubans being able to actually connect back out with the mm-hmm. outside world after right. North Korea and Syria. Cuba has been P- Cuban people have had the least open access to the mm-hmm. Internet after yeah. North Korea and Syria. And, you know, with a 99 percent literacy rate and very sort of. um you know, developed people, it just, it's, um, it's just, it's just fascinating. And they've consumed American culture their whole lives, mm-hmm. uh, but haven't been able to necessarily respond. Like, respond. Right. And so for yeah. me, as we were talking about, you know, technology and access and, mm-hmm. and online education, and um, it, that's what I think is going to be so fascinating to, to watch. Um, and, and see how Cuban people being able to um, interact back out with the rest of the world is, is going to change so much. Yeah. Wow. And and, and it's funny. I never even thought about that part of it, but you're right. It's a, it's a people that probably have had a lot to, to say or add to the conversation of society and everything else going on, but never got the chance. So yeah, I can imagine some big things coming out of Cuba in the coming years. Uh, so it's a pretty exciting time. It is. It is. All right, Kenna. Well, listen, like you said, we've, we've had you on for a long time <laughs> and feel I, free to edit. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. It's, I think it's literally going to be, uh, and, and rightfully so honestly, a staple that every time we talk to someone from creative live, it's going to be two parts. <laughs> I know you because, did that with Chase. <laughs> yeah. Because people are going to want to hear all of it. And, um, you know, like they say, you got to leave them wanting more. So, so listen, time for a deep one. We only got two more questions left. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. If you couldn't share your work with anyone, would you still shoot? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier that um, for me, I mean, most people don't see most of my work. Um, mm-hmm. I, for me, the camera is a tool to have these connecting experiences mm-hmm. Right. And so it's for me, I, I think, you know, I've learned this over time that I love the resulting images when I feel like, oh, that's awesome. And I want to show people. And I love when people comment on that and have that experience um, in their own reflection of what they see in that image. But for mm-hmm. me, like, it's the the camera is the tool for the right experience i was gonna say it's more the experience than the final yeah. product i think so i think yeah. so for me yeah, yeah. No, for the sure. type of work that i do mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i can see that like you said i mean I, I looked at a couple of your pictures um from cuba and i remember you had this one of a of a young girl i think she was eating some sort of fruit and you and she and that's another funny thing people i'm puerto rican and people tell me all the time when they see me but you're so white and i go <laughs> have you ever been to puerto rico or cuba like there's right. there's there's blonde hair blue eyed there you know? are 
Cubans yeah, and Puerto Ricans and and she was very fair skinned and uh, and you had said you know watch out for this girl she's gonna be a heartbreaker you know when she when she gets older <laughs> and and it you know it's just like those little things like you say like you when you travel especially and you interact with people it's the camera just a vehicle to start the conversation and then it's what you make of it but not even necessarily like let's just take like honey for ex- uh, example right right you know not necessarily for like the outward um masses but in reality that's a very one-on-one interaction that he had with someone else and i'm sure he the reason why he did it was because it was very profound that's right you know um, and yeah. it just happened to be that then that resulted in in these images I, right. it does make me think i want to throw one more um tip out there in terms yeah. of the um, Kenna Pro ter- tips. It, yeah, the Kenna Pro <laughs> tips in terms of travel. Um, my favorite travel camera is a Fuji Instax. And talk about being able to have something to quickly be able to interact with people when you're doing street photography. Mm-hmm. And again, that it's not about the resulting image mm-hmm. is I always have that with me. And, and so you always do one, the- one Polaroid and then one with your regular camera kind of thing? I mean, not always, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of I walk around and if I see somebody that I really want to f- have an experience with and 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 actually start speaking with and engaging with to get that even more intimate portrait, um, I I kind of do this whole thing dance with offering them a portrait and showing them that even if you don't you know speak the same language that I want to give them a gift and sometimes then that opens the door um, mm-hmm. to really yeah. engaging in a conversation and it's just um it's just the best thing ever so yeah it's take that's great in stacks with you when you try that's awesome yeah, yeah that's, nice it's a great way to break down those barriers absolutely all right so last question uh and last but not least who's someone that you would like to hear us talk to on the show Bum, bum, bum. Um, I love that. Wait, I love that. I, I love that. This is your last question. And you know, it's funny. Did you? I don't know if you've heard Chase's, but when I asked him this, he was like, "Ooh," and he was really thinking. And I teased him, and he put me in my place so fucking hard. He goes, <laughs> "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm taking more than a second. There's only you know, I don't know six billion people on the fucking planet." <laughs> and I was I like, hear, "I did hear that." Yeah, I was like, "All right." Touche. <laughs> oh, um, no, actually, I, I know I knew that you asked this question. I did my homework. I'm kind of a dork. Ooh. But um, I know I was wrapping presents and listening to the angry millennial. <laughs> you know that. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, in any case, you know, I think I was thinking about a bunch of different people, but it comes back to um, those two women that mm-hmm. I think other people would be so inspired by Amy Vitale. Uh, and and Lindsay Adario, um, I I think that would be incredible to to have on. So, um, I, like I said, I want to get them on Creative Live. So, right. uh, so, um, so those are two people. The other person, the other people that I was thinking about um, that would be so cool um, are the photographers that I first went to work for out of undergrad, and. And their names are are Michael A. Smith and Paula Shamley, and they live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So you know, kind of in yeah. not far for you guys, but yeah, they close. they would have just such. Michael's been photographing as his career since the mid '60s, and he uses only 
um, large format, you know, large format black and white images. And mm. he has the most incredible stories of how he's approached his career. And um, they're just fascinating, fascinating people that live in the woods and have created this like compound of photography and creative goodness and still do these old time processes which we're all, you know, kind of looking back to now and, um, you know, in the vein of Edward Weston and um, he built a, a home out of or a, a traveling photography studio, if you will, um, out of an old fire truck and drove oh, wow. it around the country to sell his prints personally. Um, and <laughs> when definitely Co- seems like someone we should talk to. Yeah. When. When Kodak stopped uh, making the type of film that that or sorry paper that they print on, uh, both Michael and Paula, they like maxed out like a bunch of crazy amounts of credit cards to buy up um, like wow. the rest of that paper and built a store refrigerated storage unit <laughs> to uh, to to store them, and then went so far as like early days crowdsourcing crowdfunding before crowdfunding existed online um got a bunch of people to pitch in to actually create a new version of that same photo paper um, wow, that's so amazing i would love for you to go meet them yeah and it's funny is now now i realize why you were saying michael a smith right so you you work for michael a smith and i mentioned michael paul smith so interesting there right um but yeah all right so listen we'll definitely have to follow up and and get their um you know, their info from you or at least their names and stuff like that, that we can follow up with them. I think that'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to make connections. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to see what you guys are doing. Um, It's, it's inspiring for me uh, to see the hustle that you're, that you are taking on. And it's actually, it, it is, it's really inspiring to, to me to kind of, move forward myself and some things I've been sitting on. So kudos. Let's, let's inspire, let's inspire each other. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Kenna, again, thank you so much for taking the time out today. We, we definitely have enough for two episodes and, and it might even be a recurring thing where every creative live person gets a two part (laughs) episode. (laughs) But, um, so, you know, tell people where they can check out your stuff, your work. Um, Yes. Where can we find you? All right. Awesome. So I think, the main place um, that you can find me is at kennakphoto.com. Um, however, like probably like most people out there, <laughs> I really need to update my website. So the, the, <laughs> the freshest work, I would say, is Instagram. Right now, I'm kind of all about the Instagrams. Um, so at Kenna Klosterman is my full name, at Kenna Klosterman. But then I now have a second Instagram that is at Cuba Photo. And that's where I'm posting all of my just all Cuba work. So if you are interested in in that work at Cuba Photo on Instagram, so that, thank at you Cuba, for that. At awesome. Cuba Photo, the SEO game is strong in that one. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was really excited that I could get that. Yeah, seriously. It's early days, early days. So. Yeah, yeah. Thank, sure. thank you guys so so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. No problem. It's, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we've been, we have a great time getting to know the lovable host that we feel like we've known for years. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, take <laughs> care. <laughs> hey guys, Jose here. All right, that so that wraps up 
the second part of our two-part episode with Kenneth Klosterman. Uh, in this episode, you know, we chatted about the real physical effects of depression, um, you know, dealing in, with and healing chronic pain, uh, practicing awareness meditation, uh, perfecting time management to help others by being, quote, selfish. Um, you know, we also talked about her basically risks that she took going 100% with Creative Live. And a lot of us, I think, can can really sympathize and and know what that feels like, that when you have this fledging photo business, and then no matter what the happiness you derive from your other job, to say you're going to give up on the, the really you know creative photo stuff to go full-time for someone else, that's a really tough decision. And I know a lot of us can really resonate with that. Um, you know, also her amazing photo work with the people of Cuba and, and it, it's been a great episode. Um, and again, we're so glad that we were able to get two whole hours essentially, um, with Kenna, much like we did with Chase and that kind of thing. So hope you guys enjoyed the two part episodes. Um, and let us know what you think of the show. All right. Take care.